0: Hello, and welcome to my kvetch. I don't know if this will be a, a long one or a short one. Unfortunately, I was covering this same topic in a uh, extended recording a few days ago, just under an hour, and my phone died and I lost it. It was actually a very, very circular and very, very good... Um, Session, but Anchor didn't save it, so here we are. Um, a few days ago, I was uh, perusing a Pat McPhee, uh, who has a YouTube slash, you know, podcast, whatever you want to call it, uh, video cast, and he had a guest on, a Brian Urlacher, a um, you know. Um, great linebacker for the uh, Chicago Bears back in the 90s and I guess 2000s maybe. I really don't know when he retired. But anyway, the details don't matter. The The conversation they were having was about um, I don't remember if it was about a specific player. I think it was, but it was about players and Basically, players getting their money. I'm forgetting now which they were to- I think they were talking about a specific player and different contracts. But anyway, Pat McPhee is also a former, uh, you know, a kicker, a punter for the Colts, and um, and they were both in agreement that, like, you know, when you can get your money, you get your money playing in the National Football League. And. You know, a decade ago, I might have agreed with that. Like, yeah, you know, get your money. The owner's got tons of money. But it's not their money. And that's the problem. And playing a sport where you're catching a pigskin, or or it could be any sport. It could be baseball, football, hockey. I don't really care which sport it is, but when you're getting paid millions and millions of dollars, the question is, where is that money coming from? And if people want to say it's coming from merchandising or from ticket sales, or from networks. Let's take a look at that. So, back in the day, when the AFL and the NFL combined, it was Pete Rozelle, and um, I should have looked it up, but I forget the, um, the counterpart that combined the NFL with the AFL to form the NFL. NFL took the name. And with that, the networks, meaning the television networks, television was relatively new, only a decade or two old, not still barely commercial, um, not necessarily in everyone's home just yet, uh, not very good quality, um, don't really know what the units cost, but certainly it was an investment to have to purchase a tube. They were called tubes because they ran on tubes like old stereos and old TVs, ran on tubes. Um, uh, I believe vacuum tubes. Um, But anyway, of course the networks that were new needed or wanted something that would have people tune in on the television. And one of those things is entertainment. So besides TV shows, right, sports is a big, you know, a big uh, audience gatherer. It's entertainment. It's distraction. It's no different than back in the day, Rome, providing entertainment for the people as a distraction from whatever else was going on in Rome or Greece or whatever uh, major power of the world at that time. right? Collect taxes, be corrupt, be fraudulent, distract the people with entertainment, drugs, drinking, war, famine, whatever. Sure, the networks were paying money. Now they have advertising dollars. Obviously, you have not merchandising like today. I mean, they certainly didn't have polyester jerseys. But, um, you know, certainly you could buy like a, you know, a five cent, you know, textile pennant to hang in your room or your house or a flag or tickets or, you know, a concession at the concession stand. Or, you know, I'm sure there were things back then. Different coins, collectibles, cards. The card trading was big back then. And there were certainly material and merchandising ways to to make money. The networks just wanted to cash in on that. However, what is one of the major ways that the money changes hands when you're dealing with things like sports is Gambling creating a spread, Vegas, and gambling. I personally look at gambling as one of the absolute evils in this world. That's the way I see it. It delivers prostitution, drugs, crime, fraud, um, uh, blackmail, uh, bribery, um, and government and political involvement. Right. So if you're someone who's not pro getting a stadium built in a certain location or a certain state, then you're probably not gonna win uh you're you're gonna be you're gonna be um in some way, shape or form you're gonna be put to the side. Could be murder, could be something less. Could be you're not gonna get enough money for your campaign, it could be that you're gonna scare people away because they're gonna get scared away by whatever goons or may be sent or whatever message may be sent. Especially if there's property developers involved and people big in real estate involved, because in order to build a casino or to build a coliseum or to build a stadium, we call them stadiums nowadays, they're coliseums. Um, obviously, back in Rome and Greece and other empires, it was you know slaves versus lions, or slaves versus gladiators, or you know or you know gladiators versus gladiators, it was a little bit of a different fight to the death. We're, we're now, quote-unquote, civilized. So we just hit baseballs out of parks, and we, uh, and we have people put on helmets and smash into each other. And when the league and the government know that that causes horrible brain damage, they hide it because too much money involved. But oh, this all, actually, this all came about and was contrasted when I was hearing Erlacher and McPhee speak. And yes, the money is there, don't get me wrong, meaning the contracts are there. The contracts are available, and rather than leaving it on the table, of course, you're going to take it. If I'm XYZ NFL player, I'm going to try and max what I can get, but the money isn't theirs. Why? This is contrasted with the recent approval of a new stadium in um, Buffalo. I want to say it was 1.2 million. For some reason, 1.6 million is in my head, but I But I remembered as being 1.1 or 1.2 million, either uh, billion, billion, not million, 1.2 billion, Uh, and um, how much of that is going to be derived from tax dollars? Even if they put out in writing what it's going to be, it'll be more than that. They hide it. They find loopholes. They find funds. They find ways to graft and you know sneak that money into all sorts of different things. And so my take on it is, you know, they're always saying how they're going to create jobs, create jobs, create jobs. Well, you've created construction jobs for, you know, two or three years max that it takes to build the stadium. And then basically the the jobs are concession stand jobs and security jobs, which were already there. Those jobs are already there at the old stadium. Now, if an owner feels like they want a new box or they want a nice new shiny stadium, or they want a nice new shiny parking lot, or they want a different setup, or a better field, or better grass, or better whatever facilities, they can either put the money into renovation, or build a new stadium with their money. Take out a mortgage, like any American would have to do. Any American who wants a new house, a new facility, they're a farmer, they are a distributor, they are a manufacturer, they are a um, you know, whatever. Whatever their whatever their function is and they need a nice new big uh warehouse, well guess what? You know, yeah, they may find a grant or two or some, you know, good uh APR on some loans, but no, the taxpayer's not coming in to fund that for them. Um, we were made these promises back in the eighties. I remember um seeing, hearing, hearing my parents speak about the New York State lottery which was uh, supposedly going to fund education. Well, how has that gone? Have we funded education with a lottery? Where does that money go? Do we ever get a readout every year? Is anything ever sent to our homes each quarter on how much money from lottery purchases are being funneled into each local school? Is that money ever earmarked? Is that money ever accounted for? Does that can we say with surety that the New York Lottery helped purchase this textbook? There should be there should be stickers on everything, and it should be delineated everything that was purchased from people playing the lottery, which is a joke in and of itself. Um, my statement and my take on it is we have a we have an idea that the house always wins, but why is that it 's because the house wins, meaning the casino wins and also the house wins because the person next to you is whose house you're taking when you're pulling that slot machine when you're throwing those dice and, cra- and craps when you're when you're playing that roulette wheel it's someone in that casino who's losing the mortgage on their house so the house always wins the casino almost never does like how many times do you know about a payout it's like someone really got like a you know hit the jackpot so to speak won $10,000 won $100,000 won a million dollars almost never and a casino is worth billions billions and billions and that's just in what they're doing in business that's being reported let alone the real estate involved the uh, everything else going on in the casino the food production, all that other you know, all that other stuff and by the way, just to just to pause for a sec not to pause but just to digress for a second, this is one of my issues, uh, uh, long-standing with with Trump. Again, no matter whatever the good he's done, his foundation is is flawed. Because yeah, okay, he's involved in real estate, but for much of his life, he's been involved in casinos, and that is the dirtiest money. It's as dirty as drug money. It's the dirtiest money there is. And it's a dirty business, and while nothing's ever been found on him, and it's not that i'm I want anything found on him, I hope he's lived a pure life. But when you're dealing with that kind of sordid you know dirty business, it's like even if his hands aren't directly dirty, it's like you've made your fortune off of mostly other people's misery i mean it's entertainment, I get it, and if you take a hundred bucks, or you take fifty bucks or you take ten bucks. Or you take $10,000 and you want to just go and have some fun. Yeah, I understand. Go and have some fun. And that's your prerogative, how you spend your money. But it's important to keep in mind what, someone's, what you're actually engaging in. Someone else could say, well, I enjoy you know, watching women strip. And again, no harm done if that woman is there and she's there by choice and not being forced. But then there are other people that say, well, I'm going to do what I want to do for fun. And that means I'm going to smoke meth and get into an SUV and go 120 miles an hour for seven hours straight until they, you know, T-bone someone. Obviously, gambling, you could say you're not hurting anyone, but are you not, you're supporting an industry that is extremely damaging to many, many different people. And the same can be said of even a striptease. These are all not good industries, um, but anyway, back to the gambling and back to the NFL. So, uh, Pat Fee recently signed some kind of uh, contract with, uh, I don't know if it's FanDuel or it's, um, what's the other one that came out? There's FanDuel, like I, I, I was so on point when I recorded this um, like a week ago and then I lost it and I just haven't gone back to research it, so I do apologize. I'm usually uh, much more... Uh, I have notes, but I've been uh, res- I've been annoyed that I lost it <laughs> and just haven't wanted to re-record it for uh, the past week and a half, and I'm just sitting outside now and decided now's a good time. Um, th- oh, DraftKings. There's DraftKings and FanDuel, right? So it is FanDuel. I believe that that's who he signed the contract with, and he got, you know, rich as heck from it. I mean, look, he already had money, and his team did, and good, you know. More power to them. I, I guess I could say they got they got their payout day, and um, and when the money is going around, and it's either you take it or you know someone else is probably going to take it or it's going to go nowhere. Yeah, you take it as a player. You take it, and the players certainly go out and perform. I'm not questioning that, but so do Broadway actors and off Broadway actors, and so do people that are you know doing stand up and like. There's a lot of people that perform. The salaries don't justify the performance, in my estimation. I won't even get into all the social justice warrior, you know, bullshit. But um, again, taxpayer money going to the coliseums and the stadiums. The owners now have the money to pay these massive bonuses to attract the five, ten, or fifteen star star players in the league. Let's say fifteen, twenty. You want to say twenty-five, whatever, whatever the number is. But usually, it's going to a quarterback. Because that is the most important uh, position in sports today, meaning as a singular entity. There is no more important position in sports today than the quarterback. Okay, so they're getting $20, $40 million bonus, uh, um, signing bonuses that are guaranteed. You know, you get a signing bonus. That's it. It's in your account. And then getting paid, you know, probably about you know $20 million, no, probably $40 million a year. And we're seeing how this goes now with Deshaun Jackson, who was accused of all these improprieties with massage therapists and uh, and whatnot. And now he may not even play, but the NFL may not may not uh, suspend him for as long as uh, many people think he should be. Uh, but his guarantee, apparently, is, uh, his contract is and his guarantee are apparently bulletproof the way it was uh, written, even though the Browns said that they did so much research on it, but apparently they didn't. And so he's going to have his contract, and uh, he may not even play. So, how does all this money get thrown around? We're talking billions and billions and billions of dollars to these players when, like, it just doesn't seem to really add up. How are all this mer- How is all this merchandise tracked? They track every piece of merchandise that, that's ever been printed or. Or manufactured or sewn, and they know where all those, you know, that all the revenue from all that merchandising comes from. Um, um, it just, something doesn't seem right about it. Oh, and by the way, the jobs, going back to the jobs that, you know, are always claimed to be created, we're talking about once security and concession jobs are created, we're talking about, depending upon, you know, what area of the country you live in, we're talking about basically $10 an hour jobs. I mean, if you're working at a concession stand, you know, flinging chicken tenders and, uh, you know, uh, maybe like a gnocchi pasta. If, you know, you're in the bougie, you know, uh, um, stadium where they're doing those kind of things now, you know, what are you earning? 10 bucks. If you're lucky, 12 bucks an hour, no health care. no days, paid days off, no vacation, you know, maybe, maybe they're giving some of that now, but like, I mean, what are we talking about here? What's security getting 20, 25, 30 bucks an hour. Um, The same positions that were in the old stadium are there. The only jobs it creates are the construction jobs for temporary time from also probably billion-dollar construction firms. Maybe they're not billion-dollar, you know, but certainly construction firms that are worth tens of millions of dollars. The demolition company that demolishes the old stadium, they're going to earn a nice pretty penny off of it. There's like a top five in the country. You know of those firms, and you're probably not going to go into number six. So those firms are already multi, 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 multi-millionaire companies, right? So we're talking about basically these elite, elite companies. Uh, we're talking about people with serious net worth that are at the top, that are making these contract deals between each other. <coughs> um, the networks continue to just spawn the uh, advertising. And the uh, you got the fantasy football, you got the DraftKings, you got legalizing gambling in uh, different states now with the electronic gambling. Now they're opening up these centers where you can go and watch the games, and you have DraftKings like probably right, I guess right there via your ATM on a kiosk right at your table. You can order wings and blue cheese and uh, and celery and carrots, and then you can put in your you know your your wager on your um, on your uh, ATM card right there and then watch the game and it 's very very dangerous it 's very, very addicting, so it 's like a drug. Um, I know I used to wager on games, I used to wager when I was in high school um, uh, and then i and then I realized you know it took me a long time and nothing ever nothing ever uh, you know nothing ever huge, never a huge wager. but if I had the convenience of being able to pull money directly out of my account and go and do it i mean I already had that convenience back in the let's say Early two thousands I could call a phone number from an offshore you know from an online betting, uh an online betting entity and put in a wager through my through my credit card or my i think it was through my credit card, maybe it was through an ATM you know direct deposit, uh, you know debit and uh, and I remember doing that often and i wasn 't very good at it uh, i didn 't study it enough. Uh, Spreads are made because Vegas makes the spreads. I mean, Vegas is the casino. The house is making the rules that, number one, only they can break, and number two, only they can win. They're not making the rules rigged so that you and I win. They make it so that we win just enough to keep us coming back. It's like getting high just enough so it lasts long enough so you come back to the crack, cocaine, meth, heroin dealer. You know, it's no different. And so the NFL and Major League Baseball and the NHL and the NBA and every major sport is built on this platform. They are built on the gambling, wagering, betting platform. Were they initially? Probably. No, I guess not, because the cost of these leagues was so little, like, to sustain them, even though it was uh, a lot of money back then. Back then, we're talking about, you know, we're talking about uh, um you know what today would be let 's say maybe a million dollars business, not billions of dollars business the n f l and these sports they don 't actually produce anything they 're just a they 're just a streaming service we 're just watching they produce in entertainment, but you don 't actually leave with either a tangible product you don 't leave with a service it 's not like you went to get a you went to get a massage or you went to get a um a service like something cleaned. Or, or, or a service like uh, like um, I don't know like a, like a patch to your tire or a patch to your tooth, right? So service product, like what the service are giving, I guess, is smiles and entertainment, but this is what the NFL is based on. So it's one circle jerk. The money goes into the, into the coffers of the owner to pay for the stadium that he should be paying for himself. That eases up the money so that now he can give the, the bonus and all the money to the players, which then leads to more of the same. And, and then you know build a new stadium and keep doing that. Construction, build a new stadium, get the money, funnel into the, into the salary of the players, put it on TV, get advertising revenue, continue that, continue that, continue that, all in one big circle. And so you know the advertisers are also paying for what's a made up number as well. I mean, how do the networks justify what they charge for any kind of advertisement. Remember back when you know the Super Bowl was the, you know, a Super Bowl ad was a million dollars for 30 seconds. I think that was back, let's say around 1990. Uh, sorry, 1999, 2000. In fact, I mentioned in the last recording that didn't, that didn't save. I was working for a company uh, back in 2000 uh, that was connected to Hot Chops. You know, eventually Yahoo bought Hot Chops for some crazy amount of money, hundreds of millions of Crazy money um, but hot jobs uh richard johnson uh, who who you know who i I met at the at the Super Bowl ad party that he was throwing because the company I was working for was connected to him, took a huge gamble I think hot jobs at that time had a had a revenue, and again I don't know if it's like uh you know, cash revenue or profit or whatever let's just say they had a revenue or a profit, even though I'm you know i Probably shouldn't use those words interchangeably. Let's just say they had a they had a profit of three million dollars. He used a third of the company's profit on a Super Bowl ad. It was a huge risk, and not even the ad. The ad hadn't come out yet, but he was getting a ton, a shit ton of press leading up. As soon as he bought that, ad leading up to the to the um, uh, Super Bowl, just about how big of a risk he was taking. And so it was a genius move, because back then, you know, we're talking 20, 22 years ago, just the press he got from purchasing the ad was probably worth even more than the press he got about the ad, which turned out also to be an amazing Super Bowl ad. You can look it up. It was when the Falcons played the Broncos, uh, and he, he just, he mastered it. He, he, he manipulated it so perfectly for that era and that time. That said, um, why isn't Super Bowl ad a million? Like, what's the justification? How are the networks setting these rates for what a Super Bowl ad should be? And then that calls into question: How does that set the rate for what advertisers are paying? And you know, along with their products, so they're paying. If an advertiser is paying a million dollars for a thirty-second Super Bowl ad, or you know, whatever it or whatever it costs today, that means that that product has to justify it sells for that. Or and if it doesn't, does that product then go up 2 cents. Well, 2 cents across millions of sales will have them recoup that. Maybe they maybe they maybe they jack up the price regardless to pay for the ad. And what are you going to know? You're going to know 2 cents more on a, on a on a on a box of Q-tips? No. If it was 3.19 and now it's 3.21, you're never going to remember that. Unless you take unless you like chart that or you're some kind of analyst or you're extremely meticulous you are a you are basically a zero percent of the population because most people are not going to notice two cents now some people might notice 10 cents 20 cents 50 cents people might notice smaller packaging like's happening right now with all the inflation suddenly a pound has become 15.5 ounces uh more and more ice cream has corn syrup. More and more food has corn syrup. Uh, you know, like prices are going up. So, yes. And during a time like now, where people are more keen and aware of it, uh, people may be paying more attention. But for the most part, if you raise something a cent or two or three, most people are not notice not noticing. They're too. They're going through the grocery store trying to throw things in their cart and get the get online and get the heck out of there. Um, so unlikely. But um, yeah. So the networks, the Taxpayers paying for the uh, stadiums, the owners paying these massive, inflated, glorious salaries, and then streaming, and then uh, you know television and advertisements, and um, it's just it's just one big racket because the taxpayers paying for it. The taxpayer pays for the, the then the networks, right? We have taxes on our t v we have taxes on uh um um our our you know dish whatever dish you may have on your house, whatever internet you're paying for whatever streaming service you're buying uh i don't know does amazon do uh do uh um streaming of sports or hulu or whatever you're paying to get the sport into your home on your t v going out to the bar paying there. Right, you you don't pay necessarily to watch the game, but the bar pays to watch the game or have their dish or have their you know 160 channels of you know whatever service they have. I, I don't even know what all these services are because I don't own a TV. But um, every step of the way, and also the taxpayer funds the networks. We're the ones that have supported the infrastructure for these networks to prol- pro- proliferate and become as powerful as they are and they get all these tax breaks. Oh, and also the the teams also get tons of tax breaks, you know, for bringing jobs, whatever the heck that means, and whatever else, you know, they're doing in the community, whatever they can write off, whatever they can uh claim as this kind of thing or that kind of thing, whatever nonprofit fund or grant or or uh or foundation they form that they're able to put money in there and get to, you know like there's always going to be tax breaks for these big big corporate entities. Um, and, um, yeah, it just, so when I'm going back to, like, Earl Acker and McPhee, it's like, you know, get your money, you earned it. It's like, you know, you know if you're some dude who's just really athletic and you're able to uh, play defense against, you know, even the best offensive receiver, it's like, do you really deserve to earn, like, $70 million over... Like four or five years, I mean, I don't think so. I think it's kind of obscene. Then some of these idiots go and get, in like you know, a brand new sports car when they've never even barely learned how to drive, or some of them were driving with like you know, guns tucked in their waistbands only three years ago. And I'm not generalizing. The NFL and, and these most of these sports are filled with, you know, guys that if they weren't playing football would be out carjacking people. So. Save it as far as any response for oh I'm generalizing. Uh, most most of these sports are probably all people who have you know been good people or some people may have graduated Ivy League and other people may have been down their luck you know at University of Alabama Birmingham and they I'm um, just just for some random random uh, choice there of uh, of school but like you know or no name school or, or or junior or junior league junior school right. That's fine. I'm just saying like these sports uh leagues have their problems with with people that are, you know, criminal and convicts and sometimes they've murdered and done drugs and gotten in car accidents. Well, who's that number one pick from uh from just last year uh, on the uh, on the Las Vegas Raiders who was driving his car like 140 miles an hour, killed a lady and her dog and uh, rugs, I think it's rugs, could one, maybe could have been one of the best receivers over the next few years in the NFL, considering his his skill, his speed. Came from a top-notch program with apparently a top-notch coach, right? So you got the right coach. You got you spent your I don't know how many years, two, three, four years in a program to get you ready for the big leagues, and then you know you go and uh, f it all up. He's in he's I think in a maybe still in a wheelchair from his own injuries now. And in prison in, or waiting, I don't know if he's in prison or in, in jail or, or waiting trial, but um, probably is gonna be in jail for a while. He he killed someone uh, because of foolishness. But I don't even believe that these players have earned that money. If you look at the contracts since Free Agency came into being, um, they've gone from, you know, a few guys earning a few million bucks to many, many, I would say most of the league earning millions and then you have the select few earning tens of millions, you know, sometimes like nearly a quarter million, at least Deshaun Watson's latest contract, and other guys just earning, you know, obscene money. 50 to 100 million dollar contracts are not unheard of. Like, how, how, how is that even possible to catch or throw or hit a ball? And it's like, it just, you know, If you're going to have this, I mean, I don't, I don't agree with this statement. But if you're going to have gambling and you can't stop it and it's rampant in society like it clearly is, then yes, then schools and um, um, children and regular people should be having more access to that bounty. There should be medical funds set up for people who need medical help. There should be education funds. There should be our schools should be pristine. Our roads should look like you know they're paved yesterday okay but this is not the case and um i mean even even you go to a brand new stadium the seats the seats are shitty it's plastic hard seats like why would i ever want to go to a stadium to watch a game anyway oh the environment and the uh the excitement yeah i don't think it's so exciting like if it's a snowy shitty day and i'm going to be at soldier field or I can be inside my house <clears throat> with access to my fridge and heat and I can even pause the game if I have to take a phone call right because now you can you can you can pause even live you live live uh live shows so it's like why would I want to be yeah okay the environment but it's like it's not 1922 or 1942 it's like it's like you know I have access to you know I mean, I think some of these TVs you can now see different angles of the play, like the league gives us such shitty you know video it's always this it's been the same view of the field that that bird's eye angle from like what is it like forty degrees away the same angle we don't we, at one point they had put cameras in the helmets they took those out, not sure why that was something that they did like around twenty fifteen twenty years ago they had they had um cameras in the quarterback's helmet. I think in, in a, a di- bunch of different helmets. So you get a first-person point of view. Maybe the cameras weren't up to the task. You know that long ago, they just couldn't handle the the data, or they couldn't handle the stream. Whatever, whatever. Now we have, we have, we have the ability, and they just give us such shitty access to the field, such shitty access to the players. Um, the players have to do like their own thing. Like the, these press conferences are ridiculous just nothing. It's just guys sitting at a table. Hasn't changed in, in a in a hundred years. It's like, you know, give us a little bit more. Allow. why don't you allow uh questions from the greater public rather than just the reporters who are, you know, MSM simps anyway. Um so, you know, it just it just kinda pisses me off that McPhee and Erlacher can't see beyond their own uh well I mean, it pisses me off, but it's expected. They can't see beyond their own experience. They can't see beyond their own their own money. And I get it, you know, like they don't see it from another perspective. But the entire sports juggernaut, in mean, whatever sport you want to talk about, is built from gambling, and that and gambling and taxpayer dollars, and it's stealing from the people because people do not want their tax dollars going to the stadiums. If you are a Buffalo Bills fan and you want to support $1.2 billion new stadium, then go and donate. Or, or maybe they should have shares for sale, right? They should be able to sell shares. Anyone who wants to buy can own part of the, you know, kind of like, I guess Green Bay does it in a certain sense. You can own part of the stadium or part of the team and you do it like that. I don't know. Maybe the NFL has a thing in their charter that you can't be public. Maybe that's part of the deal, but like maybe there's a way around that. But to take money out of taxpayer do- taxpayers' pockets, when taxpayers don't agree to this, is obscene. And Hochul, who's not even elected, up there celebrating this, is just so absurd and so disgusting. She's just a, she's a witch. And um, And it's hard times right now. And you're celebrating a $1.2 billion new stadium. When people's restaurants have gone out, people have been locked down. People have not had their kids in school. People have lost their jobs as civil servants, as teachers, as police, as EMS, as firefighters, as clerks, as people in government. As like so, and you're celebrating this stadium that's going to give pretty much no one, like a, a, a decimal point of a decimal point of the population, you know, a job for only an indeterminate, limited amount of time, anyway. And then you have all the betting and the gambling and the wagering that goes on with these sports, which is evil in and of itself. So it's uh, it's a very, very uh, big circle jerk system that, um, and, then, and then you have the politicians and the, you know, and you still probably have, not like it was, but you got like, let's say, quote unquote the mafioso involved. Maybe it's cartels, maybe it's other people, maybe it's people that are as bad or evil as Mafioso or Cartel but they're quieter about it, they're more corporate, they're silent we don't even know them, we wouldn't know them by face we wouldn't know them by name, maybe they're foreign entities, maybe they're you know know, uh, real estate developers property developers, people like Trump who we don't even know, and again I'm not implicating Trump in anything, but when you're in that dirty business uh, it's hard for me to believe that you haven't done some dirty things and again, it's not like I'm looking for anything. It's not like I want anything to be found but I mean you've been in that business for fifty plus sixty plus years I don't know. It's just hard for me to believe that that everything's been copacetic or kosher all that time. very, very hard for me to believe um, uh but you know those people, any 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 issues that may have had may be buried in the concrete of you know of uh you know um Whatever uh, golf, you know, golf courses or or hotels uh, he may have, or or other people may have, and so those are the things that you know we'll never we'll never know about. Um, but I can still um, uh, speculate. And bringing me to speculation, my vantage is it's not just the sports, or just the property, or just the taxpayer dollars. I believe that any kind of speculation. Is the devil is evil? Like we're not supposed to speculate. According to Torah, we don't speculate. There's nowhere in the Torah where speculation is okay, and uh, that's what that's what gambling is. It's speculation. You don't buy a piece of property in order that you speculate. That's not why you buy a piece of property to live in it. The uh, the Machpala, the cave, the cave of Machpala, where Avraham purchased for uh, for the burial of his of himself of his family down the line. Was not built. Was not bought because he thought, like, well, you know, at some point, some point down the line, I'm gonna, you know, develop this into a really nice hotel and golf course. And no, it's still there, and it's basically, you know, the form that it was purchased in uh, in Chevron. And we don't buy. It wasn't bought for speculation. It wasn't bought because it was gonna be worth more money. It was bought because it was a good spot for him to have uh, a kever, a, a place to a place of burial. Right. Same thing. If you're going to buy a house, you should buy. We're supposed to buy a house and to live in it. If you're going to buy a car, you buy a car. Okay. You know. Yeah. You may think that like maybe this car will be worth something down the line, but you buy the car to use it. You buy the car to, to have it. I'm not saying that. You know. I think there are probably different degrees of speculation, but um, uh, there's also lies. Involved in speculation, like a Bernie Madoff type character, that's basically what the government does to us. So, um, the uh, yeah, the idea of speculating, uh, Wall Street stocks, bonds, crypto, um, any of these things in speculation, I believe, are not in line with uh, certainly not in line with Torah teaching. Certainly, uh, uh, what I would say is uh, take an enormous amount of the of the world's wealth and individual people's wealth and, um, what's the word? I'm trying to find the word and siphon it and strangulate it because if people kept that wealth and didn't seek to exponentially increase it through speculation and instead built things with it or, or went into business producing an actual service or good... The world would be far improved, meaning we would be technologically, mechanically improved. We would there would be much more wealth to share, meaning there would be more wealth for more people, uh, and and just more of it overall. Whereas now, much of that wealth is consolidated, and we see that we see that happening today. BlackRock, uh, I think there's now. I was just reading about a company. Is it uh, B- Black and Veatch? No, Veatch and Veech and Leach. No, no, that sounds right. Anyway, these companies that are buying up consolidating buying up all across all industry land uh, chemicals uh, pharmaceuticals food um, it's very easy digitally for these companies to consolidate their wealth and to um, and to uh, basically uh, own most of the world's uh, goods and services and um, we have funded that by by investing in markets, okay, we have funded that. It would be like going to an ancient market and choosing five of the top vendors out of the two hundred and being like, I want my money with them. Those guys are blue chip. You got, I got, I got IBM and I got you know uh, Microsoft here, and you know IBM is making uh, making uh, um, um, beef patties and uh, and and Microsoft is making little sushi sashimi plates. And these guys are the best. And so I'm going to, you know, I'm gonna. they're asking for money to expand their stall. Well, I invest in them because they promised me, well, we're going to have you 10% back at the end of the year because we're expanding. What do they do? They kick out the guy next door who was making samosas. And they kick out the other guy next door who was serving soup. And they kick out the other guy next door who was making sandwiches. Not because they wanted to leave, but because they got bought out. Or, the, you know, the... Uh, the market wanted to raise rent and these smaller guys couldn't afford that. But the guy with your money, right, he's in the market and you gave him your money. And you're not the only one who gave that guy money or that lady money. There were 10,000 other people or 1,000 other people or 100 other people that also gave him money to expand. And he does. And he gives you the return on your money. And then you're like, well, that was a good bet. I got 10% back on my money. Not 10% of my money, 10% back on top of my initial you know my initial investment and so then you'd say I'll do the same again he says well this time I'll even give you 12 percent back and that continues until that guy can buy the whole market or or be a big part of the market let's say to make it more realistic well that's what's happening again taxpayer money gambling networks that are arbitrarily have you know these uh, these uh, rates for advertising again All of these, every single entity I've mentioned, the owners, the actual leagues, the networks, and the casinos, all have net worths of billions and billions of dollars. We're not talking here about entities that have emptied their coffers, and they have a few million in the bank to do whatever projects with, a few 10 million, even 100 million. We're talking about entities that are just continuously hand over fist, exponentially increasing their money. So when, so when someone says to me, well, that's their market rate, well, where is that market rate derived from? The market rate for the player, the market rate for the networks to charge for advertising, the amount advertisers are paying, the amount that, um, that um, I already said, how much a player gets, uh, the amount that uh, you pay at a concession, the amount of salary that a person gets at, at uh, uh, to work for uh, for the concession, all these things, the parking attendant guy, all these things, someone could say, that's the market rate. But how is that market rate determined? It's artificial. Because if my money was taken from me to fund the stadium, to allow the owner to give all that money to the players, then it's not based upon market. It's based upon, that's like a communism, socialism type of, type of uh, um, transaction there. I'm not, I'm not having any say. That's like no taxation without representation. That's totally absurd. That is um, that 's fabricated that 's setting a a base number that there's now a debt on that stadium that the banks and the institutions have to cover that the owner 's now going to pay, but the owner 's not paying it with their own money, so the market has been completely fabricated because you know that you have five hundred million six hundred seven hundred million three hundred million coming in from taxpayer funds money that taxpayers don 't want to go. To a stadium for a private entity owner who's never inviting any of them into his box. He's not going to buy them even a beer that costs 15 bucks. So we're being fleeced every step of the way. You go to the stadium, it used to be you could go for a dime and you could take your whole family, and it was actually a cheap form of entertainment, right? It was like, you know, relatively reasonable. Now, uh, you know, you want to go with uh, two or three kids between driving, gas, we're taking public transportation. Um, the tickets, uh, food and drinks, but you can't bring anything in with you. I think it used to be that you could bring a sandwich. You could bring a thing of popcorn. A thing of popcorn might cost a penny. Again, I understand costs increase, but you know, and, and salaries have increased, but not at the rate that that would justify um, that we were getting anything different. The seats are hard and uncomfortable. It's cold. Um, it's often hard to see the field, the football field, an NBA court, whatever. It doesn't really matter. It's not that the seating's so great. You don't get to see lions eat anyone, which would be a lot more fun than watching a puck. I mean, I'm just being honest. It'd be a lot cooler to see a lion maul someone. Um, I think that those tickets were even free back in Rome. I think that, you know they just invited people. I don't even know if you had to pay. Um, so I don't really, I, you know, it just it's all it's all a fabrication. It's all all standing on uh you know I wouldn't say a deck of cards I would say it's a it's a a deck of um you know uh, bills bills and coins of 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 our money and we want that money to go to schools we want that money to go to to teachers and to well maybe, maybe teachers obviously piss everyone off in some way shape or form, but I'm saying. Same thing you could say about cops. Okay, let's give it to the firefighters then and the EMS. But I mean, you know, this is this is what we're dealing with now, and it's it's just it's just totally absurd. And so, you know, I I don't expect like Erlacher and uh, McPhee to see my perspective on it, but uh, especially McPhee signing his most recent contract with basically a gambling firm uh, and pushing and pushing and pushing that, and that just sours me on 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 his. Um, you know his whole operation because I think it's dangerous. It's very bad for kids, very bad for society at whole. And um, and now the legalization—they want to legalize gambling. It's like, what are you doing? It's just—it's a—it's perfidious. It's a lie. It's a fraud. It's, most people do not ever win. You win a little bit here. You win a little bit there. You win a scratch off ten dollars, but over the course of the year, you spend a thousand dollars on scratch offs and you win two hundred once. It's just an addiction to keep people coming back. It's perfectly uh, timed and placed, and and then reported. How often does the media report? Like they don't report like on the on the news, on the network news on TV. But I'm always having things come up in my feed. Maybe I need to alter my feed, but it's probably because I click like I like you know like I want to see news, uh, sports news, and I don't even really watch sports anymore. But I just want to see what's going on in that world because it just keeps me attuned you know, to it for better or worse, but I'm always seeing things in whatever location I'm in, like winning lottery tickets sold at this, you know, key, this kiosk or at this, you know, at this uh, pub, not pub, but this, um, what do you call it? Uh, um, um, whatever, this cigarette store, this, you know, this, um, you know, um, gas station. It's like, it's not even like a big win. Okay. Like be big for a lot of people, big for me. But, you know, a $10,000 win is not, is not huge. It would be great. I, I would take it. But I don't gamble. So um, so it's just interesting. It's really interesting how um, even the media gets on it and reports it as if it's like something to report, but it's like it's not. And uh, and I get it. You know, people want to blow off steam and have some fun. Fine, do it. And But do it with a conscience that you know what you're contributing to do it with the conscience of knowing what the um, what the other side of the entertainment is, and do it with the conscience of knowing what you're contributing to. do it with the conscience of knowing the history of gambling and uh, and that's it and if you can do that with your conscience, then enjoy it and have fun and and it's not you know my place as a human I try not to I probably still do too often not to have judgment on this earth towards other humans because um my 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 consciousness and conscience is limited as well, and uh, I have to balance that as best as i can but um i just I don't believe in any of these sports or the salaries or the entire juggernaut of operations that goes on around them, you know, including all the security and all the police and law enforcement that's there and all their chartered planes and transportation and the protections that they're afforded and the entitlement that they're afforded. All of these people, every single one of them, from 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 the star player and even down to like the little trainer, you know, or the or the massage therapist. Like almost everyone is given some kind of you know, they're involved in an industry that affords them a certain sense of elitism. Now the little the trainer or the massage therapist or whatever, probably not You know, to this obviously not to the same extent as like, you know, the star quarterback, but to a certain extent, you know, all that travel and everything that's happening is um you know, they're afforded a certain uh you know, distinction um that hasn't really been earned. These are not people that are necessarily again, talking about from a macro, zooming out. Are you really contributing to society? Like so amazingly, like anything, have you contributed thought or, or or anything? You know, Kyrie Irving, you know, who a few months ago was saying, "I'm doing this for the little guy." I'm sitting out and I'm not going to get vaxxed So they wouldn't let him play home games in New York. And then as soon as he was allowed to play home games, he he didn't speak up. He didn't say, "No, no, 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 no." no. Other New Yorkers, other New Yorkers are not free. You're still firing people. You're firing people from hospitals, doctors, nurses teachers um, um, uh, fire police EMS so until that that is also taken down I'm gonna sit out no he went right back to work I'm doing this for the little guy for the person that doesn't have a voice and then as soon as he's given an exception he goes back to work and is like fuck them everyone thinks that Kyrie Irving is like you know there's so many people that hate on him because he didn't get vaxxed and there's so many people that like um, 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 celebrate him because he didn't get vaxxed and stood up then meanwhile this piece of shit, because I think he's a piece of shit, you know, didn't... because of other things he's done, other things he's said, and because he is... some people think he's brilliant and he's not. He dribbles a ball. That's what he does. He dribbles a fucking ball. There's nothing more to it than that, and I don't really... like. I'm just not impressed. He's had a few good moments in his career, and mostly for the past few years he hasn't worked. So now, all of a sudden... I was supposed to celebrate him because he he made a personal decision for himself, and then claimed it was also for it was for himself, but also to bring light to this for other people, for the people that didn't have a voice. And then I guess his tongue got cut out, uh, or his thumbs got cut off. Once he was allowed to go back to work, and that's just shitty. That's a shitty person. And maybe he would have lost money, and maybe that would go against his contract. I don't really know. Not my concern. Don't make the claim then. Shut your fucking mouth. Shut your damn mouth then. Don't make that claim. Or, or even say, I made a mistake. I knew that I would be able to stand up until I had to go back to work, but now I will continue to voice my opinion. And he could have written something on his sneakers, or he could have had a bandana, or, he, or a headband, or at every press conference after the game, he could have mentioned something, but he didn't. That's a loser piece of shit to me. I won't celebrate him. I mean, obviously, I won't buy his jersey. I won't celebrate him. I won't celebrate any of these fools because that's what they are. There's very you know who you know who stood up it was Jonathan Isaacs. Jo- is it Jonathan Isaacs or Isaac? It's Jonathan Isaac. And actually, I think that there was a. Um, I think he came out with a book. And then I think, I think there's... I know there's an interview with him. I want to say it's with Ben Shapiro, but I, don't know. I know he did like a long-form interview with someone. Uh, I thought it was Ben Shapiro. I thought the Daily Wire was involved in actually making a documentary about him. But I'm pretty sure he has a book out. That's a guy who stood up. But he stood up because he was like, I'm not kneeling for BLM. I don't believe in this. I'm a Christian. I don't believe in what BLM does. They're against the nuclear family. The nuclear family is good for everyone. It's good for black people. And he refused to kneel down. He got exoriated in the locker room, outside the locker room, by the media, by the team, by the by the NBA, by everyone. Not okay. He stood up. And then I think he also refused to get the uh, MRNA, and then he couldn't play for the past whatever it was, year nine months, whatever. I'm not even sure if he's still in the NBA, if he has a contract, if he's gonna be playing, if he's not gonna be playing. I think he's on he was on the magic. And like a pretty decent player. Like the guy's like I think he's somewhere between six eight and six ten. And like, you know, he can ball. Like he's not a scrub. Um he's I don't mean I don't think he's a superstar. Maybe he's a budding superstar. But um you know that's a guy who stood up that's a guy who I have respect for uh and well spoken you know he knows how to express his he knows how to express himself i think a lot better than Kyrie Irving um but anyway that's 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 my take on um the entire sports system i believe it is mostly evil i believe it is not entertainment uh that is um most of the time kosher uh, even if what we're watching is not a problem meaning there's like nothing like lewd or disgusting about it um, you know people are like clothed and covered whatever you want to call it um, it's not good as far as it's its roots the roots are rotten the roots are in stealing money from people so often unbeknownst and then stealing money from people who are at those casinos Trying to hit it big so that they can be the next NFL owner, and it's uh, duplicitous, it's fraudulent, it's very sneaky. It's it's like citra akhra. It's like people can't see it, and like you know, if you've never gone, and it's not like I've done this, but I know because I when I went out to, when I when I took a trip out west a few years ago, I did go to the casino and I spent two nights. I was a, I was a I was a, a night bird. Uh, just the way that my sleeping was working, or whatever, and it was probably the better time for me to be there anyway and I played a little bit. I went in with a few hundred bucks, and I knew what I was going to be able to um, basically afford to lose you know and I' probably cut even something like that like I, I, I learned what the game of crafts was, like I sat the roulette wheel, I did small bets. I just sat there to have a good time and entertain myself. Would I do that again? Unlikely, I would never go back again to uh, to uh, wager money. Um, Because I know what it is and I don't believe it. I don't believe in it. But um, there are some people that don't go for two nights driving through and just to experience it. There are some people that go there and have seven packs of cigarettes. Well, you can't smoke anymore, but like sit there and pull the handle or put the wagers down for hours and hours and hours every week, every night, every day. And that's their again. It, it's you know it's probably like a mental issue, or it's an addiction, or it's to cover up some other inadequacy. Whatever the case is, but is that person really going to win a new mortgage, or are they giving up their current one? And so it's very sad sometimes to see. I don't know what percentage of people that is, but um, there's there's plenty of things written about this, more deeper than I can go into on this. Um, you know, one uh, one podcast, but I just wanted to bring that up because, you know, basically again, McPhee and Erlacher were talking about get your money, you earned it, and I don't believe that it's been earned. I believe it's been stolen and fleeced, and it's not a judgment necessarily on that particular player who's nineteen or twenty or twenty-five or thirty-five getting theirs, but it's not earned. And there's so much more that individual players, the leagues, the owners, the networks, all of these entities could be doing to, if they're going to be responsible for that money, meaning if they're going to take it or they're going to fabricate it even, even though it's fraudulent, they could be doing much better with that money. Oh, we built a stadium here and we put in new roads leading up to the stadium. Oh, there's some roads that are... Four miles out that are really bad and in really seedy n- neighborhoods. Well, we can pave all that too, since the government hasn't done it in 45 or 145 years. Things like that, and they can even name this, get permission or name, give a second name to the street after their beloved grandfather. You know who 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 helped you know them to buy the team, or you know like whatever, shit like that. That you could you could you could do a lot of things to improve. Now buses can come through better and not get flat tires. Now you can extend the public transportation. Now you can build a schoolhouse, you know, where the roads or whatever previously wouldn't allow it. You can put in better sewage and better. Like, why does Flint, Michigan, still not have drinking water, right? This is the this is what I'm referring to. But it shouldn't happen that taxpayers get this money taken out of their pocket in the first place. Hochul is a witch. 1.2 billion should not be going to a stadium in Buffalo. And people should recognize the evil of where a lot of this money comes from and what's being done with it, which is perpetual evil. Speculation is no good. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Mike Fetch. If you haven't heard it before, please tune back soon. All the best.